frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. What's the matter with you guys? This was never about the money. This was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. We are here to show these guys that are inching their way on the freeways in their metal coffins that the human spirit is still alive. Don't worry about this guy, okay? I know exactly what to do with him. Hey bro, and welcome to Film Church Radio. This is the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday, I'm Lewis. And I'm Brandon. And we are here to talk about movies. Each week, Brandon and I alternate picking a film for us both to watch and discuss. Today, I had help from Brandon to pick the film. Point Break from 1991, directed by Catherine Bigelow, starring Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, Gary Boosie, and Laurie Petty. Um, As I said, this was um helped picked by brandon um if you didn't hear last episode what i did was i had brandon pick a year and then i went on letterboxd um navigated to the most popular films of that year and the one the top one that i hadn't seen was the one that we picked um brandon picked 1991 and point break was that film um which is the year you were born. That's why I picked nine. It was, yeah. So <laughs> just knocking off these films from the year I was born. I love it. Um, directed by Catherine Bigelow. And it has been a film that has been on my radar for a while um, and one that I've been wanting to watch. I think mostly because of the type of film it is and the fact that it's directed by Catherine Bigelow. Um, but we'll get onto that, I'm sure, later on in the episode. Um, if you want to hear what we're watching next week and watch along with us, of course, um, make sure to listen to the end of the episode and Brandon will be revealing what we will be watching. Before we get on to um, the films that we've been watching this week, however, we'd like to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast and sending their love for the show. Um, if you're new to the show and are enjoying it, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to be notified when a new episode is available. Um, we post new episodes on a Sunday. Um, because we are a film church, so that's when we preach. Um, and if you really, really enjoy the show, please share it with your friends. You can find us on all social media platforms, including TikTok now, at Film Church Radio. Um, you can leave us a comment or send a message about the show. Um, we also post extra content on YouTube. Um, if you want to see our lovely faces, we recorded um, over Zoom um, for the last episode with our special guest, Jason Woods. So if you want to go and watch that on YouTube and see how we reacted to some major points live, you can do that. Um, and obviously, if you are enjoying it, please leave us a rating and review. Um, helps other people that are like-minded find the congregation and join along this cinematic odyssey. Um, before we discuss our main film today, um, Brandon and I like to talk about what else we've been watching this week. Because uh, there's so many great films out there and we can only pick one a week. So, Brandon, what have you been watching, my friend? Well, I've been watching quite a few things, bruh, <laughs> bro, <laughs> my dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, first of all, hello. Hello. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I just wanted to ask you, 
real quick about the queen because yeah. she died recently. And, you know, I'm not from the same place you are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't even know my own politics that well and stuff, but I just wondered what, you know, I just wanted, first of all, to send my condolences Thank and, you. and ask you what's, what's going on in your head right now. Cause it's gotta be weird to have, you know, the same queen for your whole life. And mm. I'm sure for your whole parents' lives too. Yeah. So. Yeah. So she, she reigned for 70 years, which is, um, which is crazy. You know, there's so many people, um, that she's the only monarch that we've ever known. So it's a very weird time, you know, first off the bat, you know, I did, I did like the queen a lot. Um, I yeah. like what she stood for and, um, kind of the, I feel like, especially recently with COVID and everything, she showed the best side of the British life, I guess. She was kind of, you know, we can get through this. It's that kind of Second World War, you know, yeah. roll up your sleeves and as a unit, we can accomplish anything kind of thing, which um, which is also, which is always great. And it's just kind of, it's just weird. You know, it's just when those momentous things happen, you just know the world's never going to be the same again. You know, yeah. and it's it's weird to kind of watch that unfold in real time. Yeah. And these things that you knew was coming, but um but um you couldn't kind of envision, you know, as soon as it happened, they released a statement from King Charles, which is very like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but it's uh it, it it's very sad. So Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a very weird time. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know what what to say yeah. other than <laughs> sorry, my condolences, and yeah. What can you say? You know, I didn't yeah. know personally, um, but yeah, but a, still, like, yeah. it, I mean, I've I, this isn't quite the same. But when Stan Lee died, yeah, it was it was very strange to me because I was like, man, there are so many people, including myself, that have never lived in a world without. Stanley. Yeah. You know. Mhm. Um yeah. I mean it's just the it's the the fate, the change of everything, you know. I mean like me and Chelsea were talking just before we came and started recording that I guess now money's going to change in England. You know, cuz she was on all the money. So yeah. now there's going to be that big change there and it's just like so wow. bizarre. Yeah, this is yeah. you know, end of an era, end of a era and that's probably the most yeah. um like the best time to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah. Crazy. Well, yeah. Um, to the future, I guess. Yeah. May it be Don't bright. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back to movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a good way to, to transition back, but, um, you should have watched like a, a film about royalty. I know, yeah. yeah. Well, I actually, I just, fi- I'm not, I'm not going to talk about this maybe until the next episode, but I just finished literally right before we started recording uh, Pride and Prejudice. Okay. The, the BBC five nice. hour version <laughs> with Colin Firth. Yeah. I watched it once as a kid, and, and my sister and Sarah wanted to, to watch it again, and I was down. So, yeah. Um, I guess I will talk about it. I'm already talking about it. It was it was good. It's <laughs> yeah. like I, I remembered. 
a lot of it from as a kid, which is surprising because it's not um, your stereotypical boy movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very, um, there's lots of girls who like it. I'll just say that. And I'm sure there's lots of men who like it too. And I, I would be one of them. But uh, it it is very well made. Like, mm. you know, I never read the books or anything, and and my sister has said that there it that it's very accurate to the books. Mm. Um, obviously because they they took their time with it. I mean, it's five hours long, like I said. And she, uh, my sister, hates the movie, like the American made movie with mm. Kira Knightley. Yeah. Uh, because it's so short and they just like rush everything and stuff. So, and that, that was the first thing I ever saw Colin Firth in when I was a kid. So I, I always recognized him whenever I would see him in other stuff. So, um, it is crazy how big he's gotten. Cause like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, obviously a lot of British actors like yeah. become famous in America, but it, it's weird for, I think it's, it's, it's weird for, uh, or not as common for an American to see, like a British actor, before they're in anything American. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, especially as a kid, because it's not like my parents, uh, tried to go out and find international content. You well, know? like Daniel Kaluuya is a perfect example. You know, I grew up with him being in Skins, which is the English, um kind of teenage drama. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't, it wasn't like a main character. He was kind of like a side character in the first two seasons. Um, but when, you know, get out and everything started taking off and black mirror, I was like, Hey, it's the guy from skins. You know, there's yeah. all, there's that connection already. So I know what he's trying to say. I mean, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, and speaking of him, I mean, the first thing I saw him in was, was uh black mirror. Mm-hmm. But it it is a lot easier to 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 get international content now, you know, yeah. stuff from other countries, and I mean, it's just it's all on the same platforms, so mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to find. But but yeah, um, yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's it's very well made, like I said, and the acting is really good, and just like the story progression, you know, it's it's very. It didn't feel like five hours, you know. That's great. But but for people who hate. Uh, I don't know. Just I, I, I just know that there, there are a lot of people who can't stand like the old English mm-hmm. way of speaking, yeah. and like you know, it's all about dresses and parties and balls and and uh, and stuff. Courtship. But, yeah, yeah, courtship. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that was courtship in particular was very much a part of uh the homeschool culture that I grew up in. So it was mm-hmm. almost like, you know, watching Pride and Prejudice was like, this is what we're aiming for. Yeah. In a very like in a very serious, like yeah, like the actual all the all the problematic patriarchal stuff that's in that world is yeah. like actually what we're what we were trying to strive for. Yeah. Um and these are why these stories kind of translate so well across time is because they are timeless you know even though mm-hmm. the costumes and the settings and the you know things are different the story yeah. is still something that we can relate to hence why we've had like yeah. clueless and you know films mm-hmm. like that yeah that exactly taking yeah. those old texts and played with them a little bit yeah and i do want to clarify that uh i do not strive for that 
patriarchal <laughs> society <No. laughs> yeah. anymore. Uh, I was indoctrinated as a child, so. Uh, but I've since left that way of thinking, <laughs> just to clarify, <laughs> in, in case anyone was wondering. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's good. Uh, I also watched uh, Prey, finally, on Hulu. Um, I keep meaning to watch it. Like I'm trying to yeah. find the time. Yeah, we, we ended up putting it on one night, and, and it's really, I mean, you already know. It's really yeah. good. Everybody's ranting and raving about it. Um yeah, very good. I gave it four out of five. Awesome. Uh, go Dan Trachtenberg. Can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so I also watched High Fidelity. <gasps> finally, <laughs> which I know is like one of your favorite movies. We've talked about it a lot on this yeah. this show. Uh, you rewatched it again recently. I did. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, um. I gave it four out of five. I, I think I, I need to watch it a few more times um, to really kind of let it uh, get etched more in my yeah. my brain. Because like just thinking right now, I'm like, I can't remember. My my memory is so terrible. I'm like, I'll, I'll watch a movie and immediately forget everything that happened in it. But <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy it. And yeah. uh, I mean, Jack Black was amazing. The ending mm-hmm. yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, everything about that film I love. You know, I've yeah. talked about it a million times. I just like the Rob Gordon's like his his style, the fact he owns a record store, and you know, I just he's my idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it uh, which is probably very problematic, but <laughs> <laughs> um, most people yeah. are like Superman, Batman. I'm like Rob Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna go back to it again soon. I think. Yeah. You know, uh, it is. It was very well made, and I, I did like it. I don't. I don't. I don't have a lot of intellectual things to say about it yet. I think I gotta watch it a few more times. You know. Yeah. Um. But it was. It was great to see. Like. It, it made sense. Like, uh, knowing that that kind of launched Jack Black into like uh the public. Yeah. Uh, attention, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that progression to School of Rock, he plays pretty much more of just a PG-rated version of the guy in High Fidelity, you know? Yeah. Um, you can definitely see that yeah. progression in terms of, like, his persona, I guess. Yeah. Um. So then I also watched uh, War Games from 1983, uh, which I didn't really know anything about this movie until I was uh, recently listened listening to the audiobook for Ready Player One, and uh, he, the character in the in the book, talks about war games a lot. But it's a it's a movie with Matthew Broderick, um, friend of the where, show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've <laughs> talked about him a lot on the show. Uh, have you seen it? Have you seen War Games? I haven't seen War Games. No. It, it is really good. It's it's yeah. really funny. It's really uh I mean it's like uh it's like an intense kind of like action movie from that time. Well, like kind of kid-friendly action movie, yeah. you know. Um but but still holds up cuz it's like it, he's like a a computer nerd, you know, like hacker kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, there's lots of movies 
you know, as computers have developed that, that kind of lean in on like, ooh, new technology and, mm -hmm. and, and don't really get it right. You know, like they don't hold up well years later because it's like, that's not how that ever worked. But this movie, um, I mean, while there are, you know, certain things about it that, that are like, is that how that worked? <laughs> um, I feel like it, it does hold up really well. And maybe because oh, it's a little bit older yeah. than I am. So like the, the computer stuff is, is, uh, you know, was, was before anything that I ever played around with as a kid, but it, yeah. it seems like it holds up really well. Matthew Broderick is really good and it's like a fun kind of like, uh, adventure yeah. kind of thing. Uh, it, it it also is kind of a, a political satire in some ways. It, it kind of, some of it reminded me of um, uh, Dr. Strangelove, the Stanley Kubrick movie. Yeah. Because um, it's about like world wars and, and stuff, but it's like, I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's, I think it's on Prime or something. Cool. Okay. But it's definitely worth watching for anybody that's, that's interested. Uh, and then I rewatched Elvis, the new 2022, went and saw it again in theaters and, nice. and saw it on a bigger screen and, yeah. um, and loved it even more the second That's watch. Yeah. Um, I, I bumped it up to five out of five. Like it's such a, it's such a well-made yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun and I mean, it's, it's also very depressing, but you know, in a, I don't know. I don't want to say depressing in a good way. That's not <laughs> what I mean, but you know, it's it's uh it's really good if you haven't seen it. I mean, it's making all the money, so I'm yeah. sure everybody's seen it by now. Um and then I also watched Leaving Las Vegas, which was from 1995 that won uh Nicolas Cage's Best Actor Oscar. Mm. Um and I I watched it cuz Zach had mentioned it and it's uh sounded right up my alley i mean it's shot on 16 millimeter film um sort of a character study kind of a thing uh and um it's a it's about a guy who goes to las vegas to like drink himself to death so it's very yeah. uh it deals with a lot of serious issues and and nicholas cage is incredible in the movie mm. and and it's beautifully shot like I love 16 millimeter and, and, uh, yeah, the, I don't know who the director of photography was on that, but like all the lighting is, is amazing. And it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of like a dark poem almost, you know, something like out of Edgar Allan Poe or something, maybe not quite that dark, but, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it, it's really good. I, I gave it a four out of five. It seems like I've been doing that a lot lately, four out of fives for everything, but. Hey, if it's yeah. worth it, you know. Yeah, man. And this is what I always think, like, especially like when I look at my kind of rankings, I'm like, I do pick out films that I want to watch. Yeah. There's something in there that's going to interest me. You know, I'm not a film critic. I don't see every single thing that's released. So there's not really too much, I don't know, variation. Do you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. one film's one star, one film's five. It's like, I know what I want to watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, yeah. I get it. Well, that's it for me, man. How about yeah. you? Well, I, th I kind of started off. So IndieWire recently did like a top 90s films list. And they asked 
a few oh, um, like filmmakers and people in the industry to list their films. And um, I sent it across to you, um, Brandon, the Bill Haders kind of list of his top oh, 90s yeah. films. Mm-hmm. And included in there was Election, which we talked about, yeah. um, Bottle Rocket, I think, which we just talked about. And then um, there's a few of us that I hadn't seen. And one of those was um, The Thin Red Line um, by Terrence Malick. Um, And I bought it in the Criterion sale um, April, I think. And I bought it mostly because we watched Badlands. And it really interested me and I wanted to kind of see it. But with it being three and a bit hours, I'd kind of put it off, you know, trying to find that time. Um, But the night came. And I was like, here we go. I'm going to watch The Thin Red Line. Um, I gave it five out of five. It is such a beautiful, unflinching look at war. You know, it's it's it it doesn't really follow one character in particular. It kind of like weaves between loads of different characters. Um, But it's just so moving and like emotional, but everyone's kind of fighting their own battles as cliche as it sounds but yeah you know it just looks glorious like every shot is just amazing like about two hours of the film is spent with them trying to conquer like get over this hill yeah and just every shot is just absolutely beautiful yeah you know and it's kind of it's one of those where you just let it wash over you you know i had to keep reminding myself okay pay attention to the plot because i was just watching the visuals yeah <laughs> um I yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. I mean, that's I've been wanting to watch more Terrence Malick films. Yeah. I think, you know, he'd been gone for, is it 20 years before he came back and made this? So it's like a very, wow. you know, it's crazy. Big comeback. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and then still on that Hitchcock hype. So I watched um, Suspicion from 1941, um, reuniting with Joan Fontaine from Rebecca and his first collaboration with Cary Grant um, about an English... She's not really an heiress. She's, like, pretty well off. Um, meets a bit of a, a man about t- town in Cary Grant, and they kind of get married. But Cary Grant is a bit of a suspicious character, and you're never quite sure whether his intentions are true or not. Um, yeah. It's one. It's another film that he made with um, Selznick after Rebecca... Um, and Selznick had a lot to do with like changing the ending and stuff. The original ending, as I've been reading in this massive biography and reading on Hitch at the moment, yeah, um, was very different. Um, but as Selznick put it, you can't have your leading man turn out to be a murderer. Um, so yeah, it had to be changed, and it's yeah. really like good and like tight and tense until you get to that last twenty minutes, and then it's kind of like that doesn't make any real sense. You know, which is well, a that's shame. unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's Hollywood at the time. Maybe Europe would have been a bit more freer, would have allowed him to do the ending he wanted to do. Um, so I gave yeah. it three and a half out of five. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good hitch, not the best hitch. Yeah. Um, and then um, I rewatched Taxi Driver from 1976. Nice. It has been a long time since I watched yeah. Taxi Driver. Um. Oh my god, it's amazing! It's just, it's tense. It's it's like flies along. The characters feel real. Yeah, it's like grimy and dirty, but also 
like there's just so much going on i don't know it's absolutely glorious yeah um just a filmmaker it is re- like it is best you know yeah yeah for sure um, i can't believe it's taken me this long to kind of go back to watch it yeah it's like it's one of those movies i think i've watched it two times maybe yeah. maybe three but you know and i've i've enjoyed it every time but it's it's like uh you know it's it's um it it's one of those movies that i feel like it takes you down this you know yeah. it leads you into this dark vision you know yeah uh, which is it's brilliant brilliantly made but um you know you kind of have to yeah. be willing to go there that's it i mean the whole <laughs> thing is like there's voiceover from travis bickle and stuff and mm-hmm. it's it's a like you know like you said it's a very hard place to be inside his head for that yeah. duration of the film um but de niro just disappears like it's de niro but it's not you know his performance is so off the chain you know yeah you're never quite sure what's next even if you have yeah. seen it before um, is bro. Scorsese is just the master. Oh yeah, man. Um, and then I watched this is the last one. I watched um, Safety Last from 1923. I rewatched um a Harold Lloyd silent comedy, often called the ah. third genius, um, behind Chaplin and Keaton. Um, yeah, I shouldn't really say behind because you know they all have merits. Um, and I'm sure. Any listeners that's not sure about the film would know the image of him hanging off a clock kind of on a building. Um, and it, it's phenomenal. You know, it's yeah. kind of, it's slapstick comedy at its best. Everything is um, turned up and like the stakes keep getting higher and higher, but it's still like edge of your seat thrilling, you know? Yeah. And the, um, it's just made so well. And the jokes are funny. Um, and I gave it five out of five. Nice. Yeah. Safety Last is a great film. I really need to make a point of watching more old older films and silent films. I mean, I I I like tell myself I need to do it and then I never do. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I mean, I'm the same. I love silent films, but I still have to like not psych myself up, but kind of put myself in the frame of mind to watch one. Right. You know, I find that as soon as it starts, I'm in it and I'm fine, but it's kind of like I could put that on or I could put on something with voice. Mission which, Impossible 2. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean as I always say, the slapstick comedy is the best place to start for mm, yeah. the silent films because there's just so much to like look at, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, safety and last. Nice. Um, and that brings us to the main feature, um, yeah. which is also from the 90s. And I think this is where my interest in this film kind of sparked recently is the is the top 90s list that came out, as I was talking about earlier. Because um, before we did the show and you picked 1991, I had downloaded this um, to watch. So I was kind of, I was preparing to watch it anyway, you know. Yeah, that's funny. Um, and then you picked it, and I was like, "Well, here we go. Now I've got to, I've got to watch fate. it." Yeah. Um, so the film is Point Break from 1991, and um, the tagline is "100% pure adrenaline." 
And the letterbox summary is, in Los Angeles, a gang of bank robbers call themselves the ex-presidents, commit their crimes while wearing masks of Reagan, Carter, Nixon, and Johnson. The FBI believes that the members of the gang could be surfers and send young agent Johnny Utah, yep, that is his real name, undercover at the beach to mix with the surfers and gather information. It stars Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves, Gary Busey, and Maury Petty, um, and it's directed by Catherine Bigelow. Um, so, Brandon, the first question I have to ask you, are you familiar with Catherine Bigelow? Uh, so, not really. I yeah. mean, obviously, it's a name that uh, I recognize, um, but then when I look at her filmography, I haven't seen a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen The Hurt Locker, no, have I? I have not seen The Hurt Locker. This is not the same movie I was thinking of. So this might be my first Catherine Bigelow movie because I haven't seen Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, obviously it's a name that I recognize, but but then, yeah, looking at her filmography, I'm like, holy shit, I've never seen any of her movies except this. Wow. Where have I been? <laughs> um. Yeah, because this was a this was a really well made movie. I mean, when you when you talk about action movies, yeah, from nineteen ninety one, you would not think that they would still hold up. I know, yeah, against today's action movies, but this does. Hmm. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I had seen, um, I'd seen the Hurt Locker, and I saw Detroit when that came out in twenty seventeen, and I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was really poignant and like unflinching and you know all that kind of stuff which is a surprise that i haven't really gone back to watch her other films yeah because normally that would spark the interest to go back and kind of tick off um the ones i hadn't seen and the film she made either just before this or two before this um blue steel with sigourney weaver has been on my watch list for a while Mm. um so i feel like i've been aware of her films for a while but never have the opportunity to kind of jump right in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it it probably has something to do with uh, the sexism, not necessarily of you and I, but <laughs> of just the, the world and Hollywood in general. Because like, it's like you think about like um, anytime a Tarantino or a Paul Thomas Anderson or a Spielberg movie comes out, it's like, the net, the new film yeah. from this yeah. person, you know, but like, like it seems like with Catherine Bigelow's uh, filmography, anytime a Catherine Bigelow movie came comes out, you would, you know, have a huge marketing campaign. Mm. It could be yeah. just be that I'm not paying attention, but no. But I was going to say that I haven't seen Zero Dot Thirty, and I think that was the reason why. You know, I don't think it was kind of in that gray period where I was. Um, coming out of uni and traveling a lot and stuff like that. And I don't think it ever like crossed my radar to go see it. Yeah. You know, um, even though I did really enjoy the Hurt Locker. So yeah, the, I mean, there's definitely not enough hype. I mean, even for this, you know, normally I like to go back and um, go through, you know, certain film magazines like Sight and Sound and kind of look up interviews because they normally do big career spanning interviews with filmmakers. And there was literally like, one four-page article from when Detroit came out with an interview within it was mostly just about Detroit. Huh. And I was like, that doesn't really seem right, you know? Yeah. Especially when so many of the film, I mean, she's the first female 
Oscar winner for best director. Yeah. You know, so many of these films, if I say the titles, you, you recognize them as a, as a viewer. Why is, why haven't we got more content? You know, why isn't she more recognizable? Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's very weird. Yeah. Which I feel like we, we're kicking off the show with a big <laughs> kind of question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's a good, you know, it, it's not a, a question that can necessarily be answered right now. It's more no. of like a, it's more of like a, okay, well, we yeah. should take that and, and maybe do something about it or, you know, try to, Change to it. give more attention to her and, uh, and, you know, same with whoever's listening, you know, like, yeah. what does it mean? Hmm. Do something about it. Yeah. Because you know? this is not a, a film that I think many females, many women would have got the opportunity to kind of have a go at, you know. Um, and there was an interview that I did find where the interview asked her, like, you know, do you think that because you're a woman that, you know, this was a harder film to to get to direct. And she was like, no, I wasn't really thinking about like the action side. It was more the story I wanted to tell, you know, which yeah. is, which is great. Mm -hmm. Cause the story, I mean, the story is good, but those set pieces are brilliant. Yeah. You know, the action is kind of what makes it work on that other level, you know? Right. Which is, um, which is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there there is uh Yeah, like I said, I mean the the action really holds up and stuff, but there there's also a lot of good character-driven stuff in this film. Yeah. Um you know, ultimately it's kind of about Johnny Utah <laughs> becoming a man, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. And it's it's also kind of a spiritual journey, you know, and and the spirituality of uh being a surfer, you know. Yeah. Riding the waves, brah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I did read a lot of stuff that said that um there was some pushback when it first came out because the surfer speak was too much. They thought that like this film it was too it lent too much into that culture. And I don't know if things have times have just changed, but it didn't seem like that to it, me yeah i mean it does i think in comparison of of how, how how far we know they could have gone yeah it's not that bad <laughs> yeah no one's like hang 10 dude you know it's not like <laughs> yeah. it's it's pretty reserved i feel yeah yeah and even like keanu reeves who is is uh you know famous for well, famous, famous mostly for like Matrix and action films. Now, I mean, at the time, you know, he was uh, famous for Bill and Ted. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah. which is way more stonery, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And he's still got some of it here, but not really the stonery part. But just like, I mean, he's from Hawaii, isn't he? I think so. So, so like, he's he's got that kind of relaxed. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> which comes out like it you know it comes out several times but it 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 didn't bother me you know it's no, like, no that, that's just him you know that's yeah. just who he is like mm -hmm. you know yeah it's it's more endearing i think to see uh 
to see him in his in his roots like this mm-hmm. i think than yeah. uh than it is to be like um oh god like eye rolling or something mm-hmm. you know because i must admit when the film started i was a little bit worried about what we were going to see because it <laughs> opens with like it pouring down with rain keanu reeves is shooting his gun at like targets yeah. and then we get a very slow motion like you know thumbs up with him looking very serious yeah and i was like I don't like where this is going already. Yeah. This is not kind of, it seems very cheesy and very nineties. Um, but the rest of the film seems to divert away from that pretty Mm -hmm. quickly. Yeah. Um, well, especially like, you know, as soon as the bank robbery scene happens, cause it's like, Oh, this is a bank heist movie. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's good. It's not like, yeah. Oh, this is 91 action. This is like, this is, you know, on on, I would put it up there with any bank heist movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's, or any good bank heist movie. It yeah. it is uh, it is done really well. It's very intense and yeah. and it feels real and and it engages you and all the things that you know a good, all the things you want a good bank heist movie to be. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting, you know, that opening scene. Uh, on a second watch, it kind of mirrors the ending mm-hmm. yeah. you know with yeah. the rain and the and the waves and you know the yeah. scene with um patrick swayze and keanu reeves at the end and stuff yeah and i think it also illustrates kind of that he's not seen action you know this is his training is you know targets paper targets yeah you know when they do the house raid gary Busey says to him like yeah, there's more cleanup when it's not paper targets. Yeah. So I think it's just from the very start, you kind of knowing that he's a bit inexperienced um, yeah. and maybe not prepared for what's about to happen in front of him, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, and I think that's where Keanu Reeves plays it really well because he's he has got like a young face in this. He looks very yeah. young and kind of you can, you would believe that he was a surfer. You know, yeah, he he fits in. He know, he doesn't look like Gary Busey does when he's running down to the beach in his Hawaiian shirt, and you're like, "Nog." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's, yeah, which, it's great casting. Yeah, which the which you know, the credit goes to Catherine Bigelow there because, mm. uh, well, I, on on a lot of the cast, I I know she was responsible for Keanu Reeves, and she had to push for him. And for Lori Petty too, because yeah. she is not your typical um, beach babe. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, but again, you know, like she she pushed for Keanu Reeves, and this is ninety one. Like this is Keanu Reeves' first action film, mm-hmm. which now that's what he's known for. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, to all the haters out there, it's like. Catherine Bigelow is responsible for bringing you Keanu John Reeves, Wick. like yeah. yeah, John Wick and and Neo. Like we mm-hmm. wouldn't have those potentially without her putting him in this film and it doing so well, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then again, it and you know we'll we'll probably talk about Lori Petty more, but like yeah, I mean she's also great casting, you know, great in this film. She is. Yeah, I love how those gender tropes are kind of played with. You know, with Laurie mm-hmm. Petty, like you said, she's not 
the typical, you know, beach babe, quote unquote. Um, But she's never not in control apart from the last 10 minutes where she does have to play the damsel in distress. Yeah. You know, which is unfortunate, but I think for the stakes, it's kind of required, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And then we, we also get that weird scene with the, with the house raid where there's the girl in the shower Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as we went to the party, because I watched it with Chelsea, I was like, it's, it's the 90s, there's going to be a topless woman somewhere. <laughs> I was like, just to kind of, you know, fill it in. And then there wasn't. And then we went straight to the house raid. And Chelsea was like, oh, there you go. You know, there's a yeah. topless woman kind of thing. Um, and then she's not the kind of character you think she would be. You know, they yeah. break in and she kind of screams a little. And then she comes out with a knife and is like stabbing the policeman mm-hmm. and stuff. It's... It's yeah, very... she's like kicking ass. She like kicks. Yeah, uh, I I think it was Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not. She kicks someone in the face. Yeah, and she's just like butt ass naked. Yeah, <laughs> but it is that kind of the playing with what we would assume is going to happen. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, and I I wonder if that is Catherine Bigelow's voice or if that is like in the script. Yeah, you know, it is a good um, question. Yeah, I don't know. Because it, it to me, it. it just I mean, seemed... it, it it probably would have been handled very different differently by a man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't think uh, a man would have at that time thought too much about it. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. you, you know, normally you would see uh, maybe someone uh, grab the woman and like put a gun to her or a knife to her to be, yeah. you know, all of a sudden Screaming she's the hostage. And, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it struck me as a little, just something I hadn't seen before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, the women in it are interesting, but this is all about the men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all a about, bromance. yeah, that relationship <laughs> between Bodie and Johnny Utah. Um, yeah. Which I could never, for the first hour, I was like, is Johnny Utah just like his name for undercover? Because <laughs> it uh-huh. sounds so, it sounds like a surfer name. It's, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, it's Johnny Utah, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, that's his real name, I guess, in the film. So. Yeah, it is surprising that he uses his real name yeah. when he's undercover. It's like, he's like, my name's Johnny Utah. <laughs> he's like shouting it. It's like... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a classic name. I forget who they, they mentioned in the behind the scenes stuff who, uh, <laughs> it was a reference to, hmm. um, and do you know who was Joe, play? Joe Montana, I think. Oh, Joe Montana. Yeah. Oh, Joe Montana. Okay. Yeah. Do you know who was up to play the role of Johnny Utah before Keanu? Uh, I think, wasn't Johnny Depp one of them? He was. And, um, our favorite person. Our favorite person, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, his name was um, floated about a little bit, which would have been a very <laughs> different film, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love Matthew Broderick, but he's yeah. not—he's not a—he's um, not a go-to action guy. No, I, I guess. I don't think you the know. chase scene would have been as thrilling. Yeah. And and yeah, for sure. And like the scene like like even jumping out of the airplane and stuff, mm. like when he goes after him at the end. 
Yeah. Without a parachute. But Ooh, I don't we're gonna, know. We're going to talk about that scene because yeah. it, it, it was the point in the film where... Um, so just for context, we watched this on a Saturday night. We had a bowl of popcorn. You know, it was like the perfect film for the mm-hmm. setting that we were in. And yeah. when we got to that point when Bodhi leaves with that, we lit, uh, leaves Johnny Utah in the plane at the end without a parachute and he kind of jumps out. I've, I, I wanted to scream, you better jump out of that plane. I want to see you jump <laughs> with no parachute. Like, And then I got my wish. And I was nice. just like, yes, this yes. is what I want from like, yeah. a 90s action film. Yeah. It's always borderline insanity, but it works, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it it, it reminded me that scene in particular of the most recent Mission Impossible movie, which I mm. cannot keep track of their names, but it's it's the one that has Henry Cavill in it, and, yeah. and there's the it's whole scene when he when uh, it's it's like somewhere in the middle of the film, or maybe in the beginning, when Tom Cruise jumps out of the plane. I guess it's him and Henry Cavill actually yeah. they jump out they jump out of the plane. Uh it felt it, it reminded me of that because it was like it was on on that level of good action. Yeah. Yeah. But also reminded me like cuz I just rewatched the first Mission Impossible which was also in the 90s it was 96 I think. And um it it's good. I like the movie a lot and it has a lot of nostalgia for me, but it doesn't hold up as well as far as the mm. action goes. And this is five years before. Yeah. You know, and like mm. that, that scene with them falling out of the plane is intense and <laughs> fun. And like, I yeah. mean, it's just the kind of thing I would have been into, man, as a kid yeah, in the nineties, like, you know, he's jumping out of a plane with this revolver and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's it's that it's the kind of thing that like movies are made for. Yeah, you want to see yeah. that on the big, you know, you want to see this on the big screen. So when yeah. it happened, I was just like, I am very happy with the way yeah. this film <laughs> has gone. You know, because um, then there's, there's there's that awesome chase scene like halfway through as mm-hmm. well. You know, the foot yeah. chase, um, which is is tight, it's close. You know, you feel like you're there with them. Um, Keanu Reeves drop kicks a dog. Um, yeah. it's just, it's bomb. It's bonkers in the best way. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a chase scene that starts in the car and then it, and then it goes on foot and it, it, it's just like, I would imagine this movie. I mean, it, it reminds me of so many other movies that come after it. Yeah. That that I'm like oh oh this movie it's had to have ins- yeah. had to have inspired some of these things like um the J- like Jason Bourne like yeah. like mm-hmm. all the chase scenes in those movies yeah. like um yeah because I think this was like early Steadicam work too because yeah. like I was watching the behind the scenes stuff and like you don't really think about it because you you've seen it so so much more in modern. Mm-hmm films nowadays i mean we're we're 30 years in the future now from when this movie was made but like one of the opening scenes when uh keanu reeves is like being shown around the office um and his uh um like boss or whatever the person he has to report to john c mcginley um Mm -hmm. the actor uh 
they're it's like a one one take where they're walking through the building and they're just like having this conversation. Yeah. But in the behind the scenes stuff, he's like, yeah, this was early Steadicam work. We did that take like 50 times to get wow. it right because like somebody would bump something, like yeah. the camera would like get bumped or whatever, or you know we'd miss our mark or whatever. Like it took 50 takes to get that that scene, wow. and it's not even an action scene. No, <laughs> you know. Just, yeah. So like to to think about that, and then and then the fact that they do this long chase scene through houses, through backyards, through the streets, through yeah. all this stuff, like it and and it's and it holds up so like yeah. it's it's good and intense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, the chase scene is definitely where it kind of turned a corner for me in terms of like good to great. Um, and I yeah. think that it's just, it puts you right, like you said, it's right in the middle. And I know that the, the camera work and stuff is to, is to do with that. Um, but again, you can't really imagine what it was like to see this for the first time. Yeah. Because it's not like the kind of camera work you would expect. It's not shaky. It's not, you know, like you can't really tell what's going on. It's very clear. And it's the yeah. same with um, with the like with the skydive sequences. Like you know where they are. You know mm-hmm. kind of who's who and what's happening. Um, it never kind of, I don't know, gets caught. You never get the, lost. Yeah, flashy, flashiness of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the chase scene is so good. And then we get the very iconic scene of him shooting the gun into the air um which brings me on to Edgar Wright which the I mean you talking about like the influences like it's uh, this must be Edgar Wright one of Edgar Wright's favorite films because mm. not only in Hot Fuzz do they mention that that scene with them shooting the gun in the air um, yeah. which is where I'd, I'd I'd see it as soon as it came out it's like this is from Hot Fuzz um, but there's another connection, um, which I, I tried to tweet Edgar Wright to see if he'd reply, but obviously he didn't. Um, <laughs> but in come on, ba- Edgar, <laughs> in Baby Driver, you're not busy, <laughs> not too busy. In Baby Driver, they um, they obviously wear the masks when they rob the banks. Um, yeah. and one of the masked bank robbers is Flea, um, the bassist from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, and oh. did you know the connection to Point Break? From there, well, the aren't the 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 uh, guys who like beat up Keanu Reeves? Is that the Red Hot Chili Peppers? It's the lead singer, yeah. So one of the, one of the guys that beats him up is um, Anthony Kiedis. Oh, so just one of the guys? I think so. Um, okay, it's not like the whole band. I don't think so. I think it's just okay. him playing one, and then he shoots himself in the foot, literally later in the film. Um, yeah, yeah that's like Anthony okay. Kiedis. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I tr- I tweeted him and I was like, "Hey, was the casting of Flea like a homage or was it just like in you know incidental?" But I can't help but feel like there was some, you know, it just maybe it just worked out. That I mean, way, it's but, gotta be. It's yeah, gotta be. Yeah. Because yeah, because then they also he has like the Mike Myers joke yeah. too in there too, doesn't he? Yeah. This but, is Mike Myers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, I need to rewatch that. Me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I was like, is that the lead singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers? And then like, as the more I thought about them, I was like, that, that just makes sense. You know, he's mentioned yeah. this film before in another film. Yeah. And then he did one about bank robbers and there's that connection there. So, 
Yeah. Um, but I the mean, one... I. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay, I'll go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine too that like uh, this film also was maybe one of the first like really good surfer movies and mm. and kind of sparked all the risk because it seemed like the 90s was full or at least early 90s was full of a lot of surfer movies mm. um including surf ninjas <laughs> have you ever seen that i've never seen surf ninjas. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> it's um <laughs> not to go on too much of a tangent but um oh my gosh who's in this movie it's the kid from uh did you watch all the ninja turtles movies um no <laughs> oh okay Maybe it was only an American, big big American thing, but like we we grew up watching the Ninja Turtles movies, and in the second one, um, there's a a character. Well, I don't know why I'm even going into the story because I can't remember anybody's names, but the kid from, um, Ninja Turtles two is in Surf Ninjas. Mm. Um, so we watched that a lot and Rob Schneider is also in it. It's like from 93, (laughs) but yeah, ninjas on surfboards. Cool. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) At least I got the title right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, the one person we haven't really talked about too much, um, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not that familiar I must admit, with Patrick Swayze, I don't feel like I've seen a lot of his stuff. Yeah. Um, so that he was like a real revelation to, to you? me in this film. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I know that he's a very good actor and really well thought of and stuff. Um, but he just, he he gave his all to this performance. Yeah. You know, he was Bodhi. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. And you kind of, you never knew whether he was kind of borderline crazy or whether he was just doing it for the thrill. You know, he was just a thrill seeker. There's yeah. times when his kind of eyes seem to get a little bit, you know, when he's like, I know how to deal with him. He's kind of like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was great. Yeah, man. Like he he was really good in this movie and he's I mean, he's he is I think up there with just like Hollywood legends, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, he is a he's an he is a movie star. Yeah. You know. Um and he and he's a great actor. Like he's been in so many classic films. I mean, uh Dirty Dancing is probably his most famous and uh, there's also Ghost. Yeah. Um, I've seen Dirty Dancing. I've never seen Ghost, but mm. um, he, uh, I, I think he had in Dirty Dancing, he even had a bad knee, which wow. like that's one of those movies that like was was crazy how it got made. I think there's like a the movies that made us episode about it, mm. um, because because he did have a bad knee and he's like dancing his ass off in that whole movie. Wow. Um. But other than that, I've also seen him in uh, Tu Wong Fu, um, which is another 90s movie. It's 95. Um, it is a really, really great movie. If you're a Patrick Swayze fan, like go check it out. Uh, yeah. it's, it's Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John 
Legazimo, Legazamo. I'm sorry, I'm butchering his name, but um, it's the three of them, and they're all in drag. Wow. Uh, for the whole movie, and it's um, it's really great, really funny, like just '90s, like pushing the boundaries comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 like. You can tell, like, everything that Patrick Swayze does, he, like, he gives it everything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He gives it 100%, and his whole heart is in it. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't doubt that he, there was anything that he didn't put yeah, I mean, everything he had into. Yeah, I mean, even this film, like, most of the surfing is, that you see Bodhi do is him. The skydiving is obviously, he did it. I mean, mm-hmm. there was even a point where the studio had to, issue him a cease and desist because i think he'd done something like 30 skydives during the duration of the filming <laughs> and they were just like hey you need to stop because we cannot like afford to keep insuring you yeah <laughs> you know um but yeah you like maybe he felt more of a kinship with Bodhi than than we realized you know just yeah. this adrenaline junkie that's you know just wants to do everything you know yeah um, I mean, it's great casting. Yeah, man. Yeah. And he's the yeah. kind of person that if you were like a beach rat who didn't really like authority, you would be drawn towards as well. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, this is the guy that's going to show me what to do and the way to achieve what I want to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's great. And I love this whole mantra about living life and just seizing the moments you know yeah um it is a little depressing when they're like around the fire and they're like yeah we're all gonna die soon yeah yeah (laughs) i mean that's i feel i feel like that might be some of the like the deeper meanings of this film is just like we only get one life you know yeah live it kind of thing because the whole talk about the the wave that's gonna hit is australia i think Mm -hmm. um once every oh, that's 50, true. Yeah. Once every fifty years, and you kind of do the maths on it a little bit, and it's like, yeah, that is like once in a lifetime. Yeah. Like, because if he's, you know, conservatively like thirty right now, he's not going to try and do it when he's eighty. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and then rewatching that scene again when he's describing it, he immediately goes into, it would be, you know, it's not sad if you die doing something you love. Hmm. Which yeah. is just you. I, I feel at that point that that's the he's already planned it. Yeah, he's gonna go and he's gonna die surfing that wave. Yeah, that's how he plans to go out. Um, yeah, which he does. Spoiler. Yeah, um, Keanu lets him go again, and he rides the wave and then disappears behind another wave. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. Bodhi. Bye, Bodhi. Yeah. Bye bye, Bodhi. Um yeah, it was interesting in that scene. Uh so apparently they um they had stopped filming. Like they had filmed everything and then they didn't film that last scene for several months after mm. um yeah. they had filmed everything because uh Keanu Reeves went off to do Bill and Ted Two mm. and Patrick Swayze was doing stuff. So when they come back to do that scene like Keanu Reeves hair is long and um, Patrick Swayze's hair is shorter 
mm. but it like works for the scene. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you can tell. You know, it's genuine that time has passed. When he's like, I've been chasing you everywhere, you believe it. Yeah. You know. Um, and there was, I, I think that's a really, there was a point where he was kind of talking about this and I was like, I bet that's where he's going to end or he's going to mm. track him down to that point. But it didn't feel, well, I didn't feel let down because that's what did happen. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a, it was a great ending to these two characters' stories. Um, yeah. And then Johnny Utah throws his badge in the sand. He's done. He did his job. Which He's is a little there. surprising. Yeah. What's he going to do now, rob banks and surf? Yeah. I mean, I mean he asks him at the end. He's like, you still surf? And he's like, every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn, <laughs> you surf every day while you're a surgeon for this guy? Yeah. That's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> just in the pool of his hotel, just uh-huh. you know, paddling out to the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. mean, he's he's a fully... Like he's fully crossed over into that spiritual realm of surfing. Like, he's, yeah, I don't think now. he was a very good cop to be- begin with, though. I yeah, mean, he was like, yeah. it's definitely these guys, and it definitely wasn't. And they destroyed a two-year undercover operation that was going on because there was <laughs> when that heist was happening. I was like, there is no forethought to this. I was like, this is like this is so terrible, like planned so terribly, and then you kind yeah. of realize that. That that's kind of it's meant to be planned terribly. Yeah. You know? Um, and then he's like, okay, yeah, so it's these, I know who it is, um, and instantly gives himself away. He's like, hey, I'm the FBI while he's chasing yeah. them. And they're like, okay, he's FBI now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, if I was Keanu, I'd probably throw my badge in the sand as well. I don't think he's <laughs> do cut think, out for this work. What do you think Johnny Utah is up to now? Johnny Utah. Um, I think he's probably got like a like a surf shop on the beach <laughs> and people will come in and he's like, yeah, you ever heard of Bodie? And they'll be yeah. like, no. And he's like, oh, I've got a story. <laughs> and then it'll, you know, it's a bit like Princess Bride. He'll he'll tell them the whole story of what yeah. happened between him and Bodie. Um, him and him and Laurie Petty have kids and he's like telling his little kids about yeah. Bodie. Yeah, one of them is called Bodie. Yeah. <laughs> the one's called Pappas. <laughs> uh, another one is Nixon. <laughs> yeah. Nix. I mean, <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, Johnny Utah. <laughs> but yeah, I imagine him, you know, Keanu now, but as a, just as, in a surf shop. He's still surfing yeah. every day. Yeah. So. Wait, he's gonna he's gonna surf that the next fifty year. Yeah, he's just hanging wave. On. He's just mm-hmm. waiting until he's eighty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what thirty years has passed? So he's only got twenty more to go. Yeah, if he's doing it every day, it shouldn't be too much longer. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about Lori Petty though? Mm. In she's terms great. Of, she is great. Yeah, I mean, she's. Yeah. I I wish I I had seen her in more lately. I mean, she's she's in Orange Is the New Black. Yeah. Did you recognize her from that? So Chelsea recognized her more than I did. Um, okay, cool. I don't. I, I can't remember where she recognized her from. Um, but she was like, "Oh, I know her." You know. Yeah. Um, illegal. Have you seen? Own. That's where she knows it from. Illegal. Oh, uh, okay. 
Um, have you seen Orange is the New Black? I've seen the first season, so I did recognize her from. Is she in the it. first season? I can't remember. She might not be. Did I see the first three seasons? Maybe. I can't. Yeah, I can't remember what when she comes. I know she comes in a little bit later, but it might be later in the in the end of the first season. But because isn't she like a little timid? In she's it, in like kind, kind of, of a crazy person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like got big glasses on, and she's like. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Maybe. Maybe. Um. Yeah, she's kind of a like a, just a crazy person. She like talks to herself, and she's like. Mm. She's got like schizophrenia or something, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, she's amazing in, in Orange is the New Black and in oh, this. Cool. Yeah. And she's also in a film called uh, Tank Girl from the 90s. Yeah. Which I thought about picking next, but um, I decided not to. But it, it is a great 90s movie. It's like, yeah. a, it's like a post-apocalyptic future in the desert kind of mad maxi a little bit Um, yeah she's the star and uh and it's good um i i ended up watching it because uh sarah wanted me to see it she went and saw it at alamo and Lori petty was there so she got to see her in person wow so that's cool i wish now that i had gone i don't know what i was doing at the time maybe working i don't know yeah but um yeah She's awesome in this movie. Like, yeah, she is. It, and I think you never really question like the dynamic between the relationships. She's the one that's in control. You know, he's yeah, he's kind of like the pretty boy throughout the majority of it. You know, she finds out that he's um, a cop, like all by herself. You know, um, takes a shot at him as well. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. She's she's a badass. Total badass. Yeah. Um, and then we've also got Gary Busey. Uh, yes. Pappas. His, yes. Uh, his cohort, I guess. And my favorite conversation from the whole film is between Johnny Utah and Pappas, where they're kind of, they're talking about, you know, there's the first kind of debrief about what's going on with the surfers and he kind of lays it out. Um and then I think Gary Busey says to Keanu Reeves, does any of that make sense? And Keanu Reeves is like, no, not really, but I'm going to go with it. And I was like, this <laughs> is like this film. Like none of the, like, you know, let's narrow it down to surfers really makes that much sense. You know, there was some sand yeah. pollution <laughs> left at the crime scene. You're like, okay, but well, it's all about the butt cheeks. <laughs> if that, yeah. that, that dude had not like shown his butt on the camera they would have never yeah. known and it's quite a feat to do it on a surfboard because he does it later while he's surfing he kind of, <laughs> yeah that's yeah and that's it's, like the triggering point he's like wait a minute i've seen that crack before i've seen that ass <laughs> i know that ass. <laughs> this is what we're saying though there's so much in this film that sounds ridiculous but <laughs> yeah. when it's watched in context and you watch the whole thing it's a blast like none yeah. of that makes like it doesn't deter you at all you know yeah. It's it's bro. <laughs> You're saying the ass is a blast? <laughs> <laughs> well, a blast from the past for Johnny Utah. He's seen that somewhere before. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh yeah, that's a good point though. Like um 
but I mean, that's that's like any good action movie, right? It's like, yeah. it, it, or any good story, really. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, like I I was I've been listening to Vince Gilligan lately, um, talk about his writing process and stuff, and and he was like, you know, coming up with the idea for Breaking Bad, you know, about a teacher who hooks meth for money, yeah, uh, you know. It sounds ridiculous but like if you if you think of an idea that just sounds absurd like start to try to think of well How what what weird? circumstances would make this make sense yeah and then you've got a really good story yeah i mean that's what he did breaking bad is like again is one of those where the stakes just keep getting higher and higher and higher yeah but it kind of makes sense in the context yeah you know yeah um, just like this, you yeah. know, the point where he drop kicks the dog, which I'm going to keep talking about. You stay so far <laughs> into this movie, you're like, yes, get that dog out of the way. He's got a job yeah. to do. <laughs> <laughs> it happens so fast. It's just like, whoa, what? Yeah. And it's the noise as well. I bet whoever did the sound on this film just had a great time. Cause it's like, it's like barking and trying to bite him. And then he kicks in. It's just like, right. And that's it. Yeah. It's gone. And yeah, yeah, they had to make it believable and it worked. Yeah. They did, mm-hmm. you know. Because, yeah, if they had filmed it wrong or done the sound wrong yeah. or whatever, it would not have worked. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. Um, I really like the woman that's like, when they're running through a gun, she's like, get out. And she starts like trying to hit him with a broom <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> actually, I mean, I put it on bef- like the, this afternoon while I was you know, making dinner and stuff just on in the background to remind myself of some stuff. And I just found myself like, you know, just, just in it there again. watching it. Yeah. 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 It's a blast. And I know we say this for every single film, but seeing this on a big screen with a packed audience would be the best. Yeah. You know, cheering and, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's like the perfect summer movie. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like packed house blast yeah i'm gonna have to go back and watch the other Catherine bigelow films now because yeah for sure there's definitely a spark in there that i'm like i want to see what else she did yeah because i know that near dark is pretty well thought of as well so yeah yeah man what a film yeah man it was great do you want to um do you have anything else to say or do you want to guess what we read on letterboxd um, I think we should guess. Awesome. Um, I'm going to say you rated it. Ooh, I'm going to say four and a half. Okay. I'm going to say you rated it four. All right. You are correct. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How can it be? <laughs> we know each other so well yeah this feature is just going to get more and more boring <laughs> we're just gonna <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know what you did read it <laughs> <laughs> um you never know sometimes we surprise each other yeah it, it's so good like yeah. it's just such a great like film to watch with with other people and just pass a few hours, you know, it, it zips by, it's directed really well, the acting's great, you see two megastars, basically, you know, going toe-to-toe and 
everything works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm glad I've taken yeah, it off the it, list. It, it is crazy that like, I mean, in hindsight now it's like, oh, Keanu Reeves and, and Patrick Swayze, you know, but yeah. like at the time this came out, like. It was just Patrick Swayze. Most people, yeah, like yeah. nobody, you know, like Keanu Reeves did not have that kind of star power yet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and now he's like, you know, now he's, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, the Keanu Reeves. Yeah. 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 Like, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Creating cinema history. Yeah. Catherine Bigelow. I know. Amazing. So. She's the man. <laughs> yeah. And beat James Cameron, her ex-husband at the Oscars for The Hurt Locker. Oh, Wow. I yeah. didn't know she was married to James Cameron. See, I don't know anything. He was um he produced the film. Executive produced it. I did I did Point see break. that. Yeah. Yeah. So they were married, I think, at the time. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Up yours, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Blast that ass. <laughs> Wait a minute. I've seen that ass before. <laughs> oh man well, <laughs> is it weird to say that's my favorite bit <laughs> where he sees the ass and, yeah, uh, and he's makes like, the connection wait a minute yeah yeah. well it is funny because it's like it, you know it's like the whole like slow motion thing realization <laughs> yeah. I mean it's handled very like serious seriously mm-hmm. but it's just funny that it's like that's the that's the, the clue yeah yeah <laughs> Oh man. Point break. Everyone should watch it. It's great. Yeah, man. Um, on that note, on that bum note, um, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Film Church Radio. Um, and you can follow us individually on Letterboxd. Brandon is at Selman Scope and I'm at Walker Lewis3007 to keep up with what we've been watching. And um, we also have all of our back episodes streaming on all good podcast podcast platforms you can hear us talk about dogma with jason woods you can hear us talk about election you can hear us talk about um morbius it's on netflix now um you can watch it and then hear us lead it for an hour that sounds like fun (laughs) um and obviously if you are enjoying the show please go and leave us a rating and review wherever you listen again we really appreciate it helps people find it and we would very much be in your gratitude that wasn't the right way to phrase that um (laughs) words are hard um but yeah if you do want to get in touch and let us know what you thought about the film please do or if you've got any suggestions that brandon and i can pick in future weeks that would be great also um all that's left to say brandon is let me tell you watching next week oops (laughs) (laughs) sorry i was trying to get it in there before you started (laughs) We can cut this bit out. Okay. Edit, he didn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> what are we watching next week, Brandon? Well, I will tell you. <laughs> so, so uh, it's okay. I mean, I've done it plenty of times, I think. Um, I, uh, I, have Man, I went through the, the whole outro and I didn't even <laughs> notice. <laughs> I've done it before, man. Like it's not uh it's not the first time. 
Okay, um, we're going <clears> to <throat> start again. What right. are we watching next week, Brandon? Well, let me tell you, Lewis. <laughs> um, I picked a film from 2002. Been on my list for, for a while for several reasons, uh, mainly because of Bruce Campbell. Um, you know, my obsession and my dreams. Yeah. Bruce. Which you can find on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, personal one. Uh, the film is Bubba Hotep. Nice. Um, Bruce Willis playing El. I mean, Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> Just like slipped out. <laughs> Bruce Campbell. I'm obsessed with Bruce Campbell. Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just, I don't know what happened. No. I was possessed. I've thrown this all off. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, it's not. Uh, who knows what it is? We're delusional. Yeah. We've seen so many asses. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, okay. so Bruce Campbell is playing Elvis, and I can't wait to watch it. Um, I've known about this film for a long time, and I've never gotten around to it. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you more next week. Sounds good. I'm excited. Um, to it, This will be a rewatch for me. I haven't seen it for a few years, so I'm excited to go back. Sweet. Um, cool. Tune in next week. Do it. Um, all that's <laughs> left to say is, Brandon, let me tell you what you've produced. Over the last two weeks, you two have produced exactly Squat. Squat! during which time the ex-presidents have robbed two more banks. Now, for Christ's sake, does either of you have anything even remotely interesting to tell me? I caught my first tube today, sir. <laughs> Keanu, at his best. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Say your film church prayers. Say them. Amen. Amen. Bye. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>